What's your problem? The show that listens to you, then talks back. What's your problem? And now, What's Your Problem? The show that listens to you, then talks back. With your host, Lisa Earhart. Give advice, get advice. Talk Box Radio. Holiday stress getting to you. Talk Box Radio warmly welcomes Charissa Sebastian, who will be giving helpful and inspiring tips about how you can survive this holiday season without becoming overly stressed by family, extended family, social, cultural expectations, and pressures. We're also welcoming callers to give advice to other callers. This is TalkBox Radio. Give advice, get advice. Here's more about today's special guest. Sarissa Sebastian is a life and leadership coach for women. Her passion is helping women break free from being stuck, overwhelmed, and stressed to live a life of passion, purpose, joy, and fulfillment. She worked in the corporate world for over 12 years, holding various leadership positions, and has always had a desire to help women succeed and live their best life. She currently serves on the board of directors of a wonderful organization called Empowering Women as Leaders, EWL, that provides scholarships to non-traditional female students. Charissa has been featured on ABC, Fox, CBS, and NBC, and is also a speaker and writer. Please join me in welcoming to our show, Charissa Sebastian. Charissa, welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much. Wow, what a great introduction. That was wonderful. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here today. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, before we get started into talking about holiday stress here, why don't you let us know a little bit about how you started your career as a life and leadership coach? Sure, absolutely. Well, my past life, prior to becoming a coach, I worked in the corporate world for over 12 years, mainly in the technology space. And it, mm-hmm. it was a fun time, very stressful um, jobs and you know, the positions that I held. Um, but it was a, yeah. a, a time of a lot of growth and, um, and that kind of thing. And one of the things that I'd really enjoyed, one of the highlights of uh, my uh, job was really helping other people, specifically women, and helping people um, really, you know, to feel good about themselves and help, help them to see their potential and um, help them to really value what it is they bring to the table. And so as a result of that, I went through this period where I was trying to figure out, okay, so it's, do I want to stay in that, um, you know, in the corporate world and for, you know, for long term or is there something else that I'm supposed to be doing? And through that whole mm-hmm. journey of self-discovery is when I yeah. found um, so right now I'm a certified life and leadership coach for um, women, and so that's you know that's what I do. And then in addition to that, I co-own um, a business called Stop Smile Breathe Women's Retreats, which focuses a lot on work-life balance, and it helps women to get out of their normal environments, be pampered, have you know great time with like-minded women, and also to it gives us the opportunity to help them um, in these different areas of life that we sometimes struggle with, with relationships, with our careers, with our spirituality, you know, just all of these different um, areas. So, yeah, that's what I do. Well, that's very good. Now, also, why don't you let people know how they can get a hold of you and you can give out your website address as well, because that gives more information about you and your services there. Absolutely. So my website is charissasebastian.com. It's S H A R I S S A S E B A 
S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N. And then my email address is info, I-N-F-O, at TerissaSebastian.com. And, of course, you can find out more about the work that I do and um, different events that I hold and also my radio show um, on the website as well. Right. Now, you're also on Blog Talk Radio. I am, yes. I do several shows a month on Blog Talk Radio. Right. So people can find you also here. And so um, now why don't we just get started with the topic of stress over the holidays. Of course, this is the show is on the heels of Thanksgiving, which is one of the biggest major holidays in the United States of America. And since you work with women, I thought it would be interesting to ask you some questions, or of course you can you can talk about anything you want to here with this topic, but do you find that women are more stressed than men over the holidays, and why? That's a great question. Yeah, I think that does seem to be the natural tendency, and I think one of the reasons is we as women have, you know, feel such a deep connection and also responsibility when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to um, how other people view us. We don't want to disappoint our friends and family. We want to be, you know, this great mom who is in control, especially over the holidays, and you know, takes care of everyone, takes care of everything, and we have a very nurturing, um, you know, uh, we're just very nurturing um, naturally, and so I think that. That plays a big part in adding to our stress, unfortunately, because we tend to take on all of these things and uh, try to be superwoman, which we all know is not, you know, not possible. Right. So, so would you say that sometimes a woman might not like to have to be doing all the tasks for Thanksgiving? I'm talking about Thanksgiving now. Would mm-hmm. you say also, just as another part of that question, that it's the woman's responsibility generally in a household to do most of the cooking or oversee the meal. Mm-hmm. Do you think so? Or do I think it is a woman's responsibility? Yes. Okay, well, not necessarily. I definitely do not have that opinion. I mean, I don't think that as a woman we need to kind of define ourselves by those kinds of rules. Yes, it may be the norm, and if it's something that you take pleasure in and joy in and that's something that you that you want, then absolutely, you know, own it and, and go for it. Prepare the big meal and um, and do that, but just make sure that when you do take on those things, you know, whether you see yourself in that role of, um, you know, I, I need to be in the kitchen, I need to make the meal, I need to do all of these things, make sure that you're getting enjoyment and pleasure out of it. Because if not, you definitely want to do a check and say, you know what, if this is causing me more stress and I'm not really feeling very happy about this, then what can I do? So the, the example that you just mentioned is cooking the meal, the big meal for Thanksgiving tomorrow. And so some things that you may want to consider is if it does fall on your shoulders um, is to say, okay, so how can I make this more enjoyable for myself? Really ask yourself the question um, and say, what, how can I make this more fun? Or maybe how can I delegate some of these things? You know, maybe my kids can help out. Uh, maybe other family members can pitch in um, or different things like that. There's, there's a lot of different ways to kind of look at that. But the most important thing is that you feel at peace with it. If it's something that you enjoy doing, and you don't mind at all taking it on and you love being in the kitchen and doing that, then absolutely. But if you're dreading it and if it's just so overwhelming for you, then I would highly recommend really being honest with yourself and trying to figure out, okay, how do you make this more enjoyable for you? Because ultimately the people around you are going to feel, if you're so stressed and overwhelmed about the whole thing, that's going to impact your kids and your family and everything. Right. Also, I mean, take a look at what Thanksgiving 
supports this idea of eating a lot of food, a lot of different foods. So it's not just one, it's not a simple meal. What's expected is a very large meal of staple dishes. And I, my feeling is that there's this quest for perfection, you know, Martha Stewart at all. And if you're not, you're not going to deliver the goods in a perfect way and your table doesn't look right and your house isn't perfectly clean, you know, you're somehow failing as I'm going to say as a woman in this case, because I don't think men really in general have the same concerns. You know, maybe they make a meal and anybody out there, if you'd like to call in, we would like to hear from you really. Uh, so if if a man cooks, maybe he doesn't really he's not that concerned about what everybody thinks. Would you would you say that's the case? Right, and I think it also comes from us as women. We sometimes put so much emphasis on the way other people perceive us, and yeah. men typically. And I don't want to generalize, but from my experience, men typically don't think that way. They don't think like, oh, if if I don't deliver, if I don't do all of these things. Um, what are people going to think about me? Or, you know, therefore, I have to. I have to figure out a way to do it, regardless of how stressful this is for me. They don't typically go that way. We as we as women tend to put that on ourselves. And so, Where one of the things. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go. I was just going to say one of the other things, <laughs> questions to ask that I I found so helpful, uh, even to me in my personal life is asking, the, rather than saying, okay, here's my you know, to-do list and sitting down and just getting overwhelmed by looking at all these things that you want to do, <laughs> rather than yeah. doing that, focus on the outcome. You know, what is it that you want to get out of this? Is it, is it pe- pleasing people? Maybe that's it. Maybe the whole point of you going through all of this trouble is because you want to make everybody happy. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but really think mm-hmm. about it. Or if your outcome is enjoyment, maybe you want to enjoy the experience and then have the ability to help others to enjoy the experience without the, the stress, then that's, you know, that's the way you, you can approach it, and that will really help you to reevaluate what you're doing. And then ultimately, you know, that reduces your stress, because if you come at it from, okay, how can I make this fun for me and my family, versus I have all of these million things to do and I just have to get it done, or people are not going to look at me the same way, then that's a very different experience. So where does that, these are great suggestions, uh, Sharissa, where does the pressure come from originally? Where is it? You say that we put it on ourselves, but where does it come from originally? There's several different places that it can come from. One big one Mm -hmm. is the way we grow up. So the things that we believe as a result of what we've seen and experienced, you know, from our childhood growing up, um, what society has told us. Like we see these, yeah. you know, these ads, and like you mentioned, like Martha Stewart and all of these people <laughs> yeah. who seem to have it all together, everything's perfect. Um, and then, of course, in this day and age, we've got social media, which is huge and plays a huge impact um, in the way we see ourselves, what we, the messages we take in. So there's just so many different ways and elements to this. And, of course, um, also how do we, you know, as a result of all these influences, how do we see ourselves? Because I think we get into kind of a danger zone when we start putting more focus on what other people think of us versus, okay, who right. am I and what is it that I value and what's important to me? Yeah. And I, I feel like we can actually learn from men uh, by asking questions to them directly. Hey, if you were going to cook the meal, how much stuff would you prepare? How would you be feeling about what other people think? 
and listen yeah. to what they have to say. And we can really learn from them. And things are changing slowly. I mean, we have more single dads out there, more men sharing in in mm-hmm. the chores at home. I'm finally starting to see uh, commercials on TV where dads are actually picking up cleaning products. You know, yeah. and and they're cleaning. yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. yeah, me too. So. So things are, and it's it's a reflection of the changing times. And I hope that eventually things will equalize so that everybody will be sharing in these tasks and women will have less pressure on them. So we're talking about now, this is a lot of pressure, people. We're talking about internal pressure. We're talking about external pressure. So how can you really relax and enjoy yourself with all that pressure? Now, my next question to you would be, no, no, you could answer that one too. But what if you have a family, large family, Thanksgiving, you planned off giving at your house, or at least that's what the plan is. Maybe you didn't want to do it. And then you decide, well, you know what? I don't really feel like doing this this year. I don't want to do it. Do people, I'm going to go back to women, do women have a right to change their plan with Thanksgiving? With all that pressure, let's just say they have the relatives coming over because we got to talk about in-laws also and the pressure yeah. that is put. Okay. So, but what, what do you do if for some reason you change your, does a woman have a right to change her mind about the plan? Oh, absolutely. I think everyone has the right to make those types of um, decisions. You know, ultimately you have to be happy with whatever decision um, you make. And if that's something you feel strongly about, um, then, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> being the day before Thanksgiving, I don't know if that would be, <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, that might be extra stress on you <laughs> to do yeah. that. Um, yeah. But, you know, ultimately, yes, to answer your question, absolutely. I mean, we have the ability. Now, I will tell you what something that can cause more stress in that situation. Say, you know, if you are a woman and you decide, you know what, I'm not going to take this on. I just, for whatever reason, I just don't feel like. I need to do this, and I'm going to call this off and call my family and all of this. One of the other <laughs> things to consider is how do you communicate that? Because that can be a huge stressor also. It's like, okay, so I've made this decision. I, I know I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to host Thanksgiving. And yeah. so how do I communicate that in a way that, you know, where I'm still being sensitive to, you know, to other people's feelings, so it's not going to cause me additional stress. And the reason I say that is because sometimes, you know, we can get into this place where you get so frustrated and overwhelmed and you just say, you know what, that's it. I'm not doing this. I'm done. I'm not doing it. And if mm-hmm. you react and um, reach out and communicate to people from that space, it can be very harmful. Like if you respond out of anger and just laugh yeah. out and say, you know what, I'm done. Forget this. I'm not doing it. And then that can cause you additional stress because of the repercussions. So I would just suggest that if you have decided to make that, and if you decide that, then that's fine. I mean, by all means. Um, But then just think carefully about how you're going to be communicating that out to everyone. Mm -hmm. And it could be also, I mean, if it's not Thanksgiving, it could be for Christmas, which is coming right up too. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know. So the question is one of passion, purpose, and power, as you say on your website. Passion, purpose, power. Where is your power? Do you feel power uh, about doing all this cooking and preparation and all that? Does it feel right to you? Do you now? We're also we are very conditioned by rituals. 
Yes. And Thanksgiving is a huge ritual. Why don't we talk mm-hmm. about that for a minute? When we're raised with rituals, how is it okay? Is it purposeful and powerful to stop in the road, in the middle of the road and say, you know what? I don't want this ritual in my life. I don't need to have the ritual anymore. What happens to down to a person's core if they question or challenge the ritual that is not only something they grew up with, but it's all around them? Reminders everywhere, and everybody else is celebrating this holiday. What do you? How do you do that? Can you do that? Can you change the path of that ritual? Right, and it goes back to you know those words that you mentioned. It's empowering, right? Like empowering yourself to be able to make those decisions. And if you feel a strong conviction behind that, you know, for whatever reason you decide you know what, I, I don't need to do this um, anymore and it doesn't feel right to me, then absolutely mm-hmm. you have, you know, it's completely your decision to be able to do that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, of course, like we mentioned before, other people might not view it that way. <laughs> so you need to be prepared yeah. um, for, mm-hmm. you know, the what response that you're going to get from your family. And then what I would also say is, you know, if you're a woman and, you know, you have your husband there, I would definitely have a conversation with your spouse and say, Let's talk about this, right? I, I feel like this is not something that we should continue to do. And just get some, some thoughts, some feedback, and have that discussion so that you have somebody on your side as well. If you're in the situation where you're going to be reaching out to relatives and just saying, you know what, we're not, we're not doing this. So make sure that um, it'll, be, it'll just help you a lot to know that you have your spouse who's um, supporting you. And hopefully that will be the case if, that, if you feel really strongly about not following through with a certain ritual. Now. What is the purpose of the ritual in the first place? The ritual mm-hmm. that gives us so much stress, what is the purpose of it? Yeah, and that's a very personal question. I mean, that's going to vary on mm-hmm. what ritual you're talking about, what you grew up believing about that ritual, right. what you were taught about it. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, you know, why the, why the change? Why is it something that you're now questioning? And how important is it to you to really make that decision and um, and follow through? So, yeah, there's so many different rituals um, around Thanksgiving. And so I think it will really depend on all of those different um, factors. And then, of course, if you can get the people that you love um, to support you in this or to get an understanding mm-hmm. of where you're coming from, then that helps a ton with reducing your stress. But then the question would be, are those people that you're asking for support from, are they flexible with with the ritual for themselves? Because don't people yeah. identify with the ritual? This is who I am. This is what I, I've always done it this way. I was raised on this. I can't change this now. Everybody else is doing it. I have to do it too. Right. So are you talking yeah. about, um, Lisa, the case where there's another family member. So say you make a decision that you're not doing this ritual anymore, but it impacts <laughs> other family members and they're not okay with it. Is that what you're asking? Sure. Sure. And then you have the, the pressure of in-laws also if you're married. Um, Absolutely. Or if you're, yeah, I mean, the, you've got extended family issues. You've got a lot of people. You know, people can equal pressure. So, and it's this fitting in, conforming, conforming uh, being accepted, need to be accepted, acceptance equals right. love. And for women, 
as you were saying, you know, we're more concerned about what other people think about us. So I guess the truest freedom and liberation would be, you know, I mean, as an interesting test to say, you know what, for one year, I'm going to just skip this holiday, one holiday, whatever it is, just pick one. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the, all the caretaking on that holiday. I'm going to take that day for me. Let's say it's Thanksgiving. I know it's a little, it's right before Thanksgiving now, but I'm going to use Thanksgiving as an example because of what the name is. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, giving thanks, Thanksgiving. I'm going to take Thanksgiving and I'm just going to give thanks for being alive. I'm going to give thanks especially in this time of terrorism for being safe. I'm going to get that. I also, I'd like to follow with this question. Do you think that most people at their Thanksgiving dinners are actually giving thanks for things to be thankful for? Are they just stuffing their faces? Well, I would hope so. You know, I would hope that they remember (laughs) the reason behind um, the holidays are not just giving thanks for um, everything, you know, the food and, and all of those other things in their lives, but also the people that are with them during Thanksgiving, you know, yeah. the family and um, the fact that they have the opportunity. And it, this goes back to also reframing, like looking at things from a different perspective. Yes, it can be stressful. Yes, it might not be the most enjoyable day of the year for you. But on that day, even if you do have to be with family that may be, you know, difficult to be with, what is it that you can give thanks for? And constantly think about that during Thanksgiving because that's going to help you reframe. It will help you get more enjoyment out of that day, even though some people may not have changed their ways. You, know, you may still get those comments and all of those things. But thinking about and focusing on gratitude because when you are in that space of pure gratitude and when you're genuinely mm-hmm. grateful, you can't be overly stressed. I mean, you just can't do both at the same time. So it's constantly looking for things to be grateful for. And maybe, just as a funny example, maybe be grateful that you don't have to be with <laughs> certain people for more than one day out of the year. I don't know, whatever it is, you know. Um, but be grateful because everybody brings something to the table and you can always learn, even though you may have some not-so-pleasant interactions with people, but there's always a lesson to be learned in, you know, in every situation. And then, then some people are hurting, you know. Some people, maybe they don't feel good about themselves and Sometimes they tend to lash out at family or they say things that may be hurtful. And so thinking about it from that perspective, like, oh, wow, you know, I, I know that's not, that's not right, that's not acceptable, that that person may, you know, kind of say that or whatever it is. But thinking about it from the perspective of, you know what, I am kind of grateful that this person is in my family for whatever reason. And then thinking about the fact that if they feel that way, then chances are there's something about themselves that they may not be happy with and they just feel the need to, you know, to maybe not behave in a certain way. So how do you deal with a person who's not behaving in a certain way? How do you deal with it at the time? Let's say, here you are, you've cooked this beautiful yeah. meal, or you've gone, gone over to someone else's house, that's, which is a totally different dynamic, by the way. Maybe we could talk about that, too, when it's not at your house. But, okay, so you've cooked this beautiful meal. <laughs> And these people come in and someone is outwardly rude to you under your own mm-hmm. roof and they're sitting there eating your food that you cooked. You spent hours and hours and hours cooking and they right. are insulting you. What do you do? 
Oh, that is a great question. What a the perfect question for Thanksgiving. Right? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, there's there's yeah. a number of different um, things. And I'm not going to say this is easy at all. It's very, very difficult. When you're in that moment and they say something that triggers you, that just, you know, makes you mad and you want to lash out, um, it's not the easiest thing to to pause for a moment, but that is really what I would highly recommend. And one of the pause. things that um, I always say is to realize that it's not your responsibility to fix that person. You know, it's not your responsibility to correct them, to, you know, uh, try to make sure that they understand that that's wrong, any of that, because that can cause us a lot more stress and we can get in, easily get into a conflict situation, um, you know, in that, in that case. Um, but the other thing I would say is, going back to what I mentioned earlier, is, you know, yeah. you can't control the behavior of other people. You don't know what's going to come out of their mouth. You don't know the intention. I mean, some people, sometimes they have that, um, that way of coming across that's not very pleasant, but you don't know. Mm-hmm. They might actually think that there's nothing wrong with that. They might, if they mm-hmm. insult you, they might think that's helping you, <laughs> you know. Some yeah. people have a completely different um, view of these kind of things. So it's also right. important to kind of keep that in mind. You can't, we can't, um, you know, just assume that their intentions um, are bad. But one thing I would say, in, mm. and the other thing is that when people tend to exhibit that behavior though, over and over, like every Thanksgiving, this person <laughs> makes rude remarks, puts people down, all of those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't, obviously can't go back and change the past, but it's really important to try your best to forgive them. And this is tough. Mm. Um, and the reason this is so important, though, is not so much for them, but it's more for your benefit. Because the more you mm. keep that inside and, you know, you, you, every Thanksgiving you're stressed because you don't want to deal with this person and all of that, um, it can really mm. weigh heavily um, on you. So try your best to have a little bit of compassion if that's possible. Sometimes it's not easy, but um, try as best as you can um, to just say, you know what, I don't see this person very often. I'm going to try my best to just be in this space of gratitude and thankfulness. Um, the other thing I would say is that if that relationship is important to you, um, mm-hmm. I would highly encourage being vulnerable. And this might be one of the toughest mm-hmm. things. Um, so what I mean mm-hmm. by that is to talk to the person about how their words or behavior make you feel, not what they're doing wrong, you know, not kind of shaking a finger and saying, you should not say that, that is not appropriate and all of this stuff, because that's, that's just mm-hmm. going to heighten a conflict situation. But you may want to mm-hmm. sit down when you're calm, you know, um, maybe mm-hmm. after that, ha- that happens and you've had time to kind of calm down a little bit from that. But really try to engage with the person and just talk to them about how that makes you feel. Because oftentimes, like I said, they may not be aware of it. They may not realize how their words are are hurtful. And a lot of um, healing can take place when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And that's really how we strengthen those relationships and and build trust as well. So if you can get yourself to that place to be calm enough, so you don't want to get mm-hmm. into that when you're highly charged, <laughs> um, but if, mm-hmm. when you can, if you can calm yourself down enough and then just have the conversation with the person, um, you just, I mean, really incredible things can happen when you put yourself in that position of being vulnerable and saying, you know what, that doesn't really feel good. I know you may not have bad intentions behind that, but it just doesn't make me feel good. And then go from there, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Because I know that some people do not, no matter what you do, they don't want to talk about anything. They don't want to talk about it. They don't they don't want to get into any conversations about how you feel. That can yeah. happen too. You know, so what happens then? 
I mean, let's do a little, if you don't mind, let's do some role playing here. And I'm going to be the rude guest and you be the person who's cooked this beautiful meal. Okay. And um, why why don't we begin with the insulting part and then we'll move on to the calming down part and then the talking part. Shall we do that? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So we're sitting at the table, passing the food around. Everybody's complimenting. Oh, Sharissa. This is the best meal ever. And then I come along, I don't know, who, let's call me, I'll, I'll be Anita. Uh, Anita, the uh, sister-in-law, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm Anita's. Okay. Sharissa, are you, I don't, I don't know. I don't, what did you put in these potatoes? It kind of tastes funny. Sharissa, what did you put in the potatoes? Oh, ahead, I'll be answer. more than happy to share with you, you know, my, my recipe. I, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't. No, you know what, you're, I'm, I'm, I told you before I'm allergic to these potatoes, and for some reason you keep making them anyway. Why are you doing that to me, Sharissa? I don't even have to come to your house, Sharissa. I don't even know why I'm here. John, pass well, I the wine. <laughs> I definitely appreciate that you're here, Anita. I value your company. I value your opinion, and I apologize for the oversight, you know, that's, uh, let me know if this is something else that I need to do to, to help. Maybe I can make you up some new potatoes or get you something else. What can I do to help? No, you know what, Sharissa, I don't want anything from you, you know, because every time I come here, you, you never, you never give me what I want. I just, I, I, I don't even, I'm not even going to say, I think you're a bad cook. Okay. Everybody else is complimenting you, but I'm going to keep my opinions to myself, Sharissa. Okay, so let's say that's the end of the the pleasant uh, exchange there. Now, let's say you've become very upset by that, all right? Now, now you what do you do next? Let's say it's after the meal. You're going to calm yourself down, and you're going to come and talk to uh, your sister-in-law, Anita. Yes. What are you going to say to me now? Okay. So, Anita, um, you know, I really love that you're here for Thanksgiving, and I thank you so much, and I appreciate you for taking the time to come and spend Thanksgiving with us. And I'm sorry that this is not what you expected, and I really do want to see how I can make this more pleasant for you. So if you'd like to share, you know, share some ideas with me about how I can make this a great Thanksgiving for you, I would love to hear, you know, hear about it. If not, that's okay, too. And, you know, you just let me know how I can uh, help you um, with this. And if you'd like me to just leave you alone, and that's okay. Whatever you need, I'm, I'm your host, and I'm here for you. I just want you to know that. Well, that's very, very nice, Charissa. Now, what about telling her about something about how that made you feel? Because in going back to uh, what you were saying earlier, to sit down and talk with the person about how what they said made you feel. Right, exactly. And so in this situation, especially if he's still really locked up and just doesn't want to talk to to you about it, um, what I would then say is, now, again, I appreciate your, your opinion, um, Anita, and I would just like to make a small request of you, if that's okay, um, that if there is something that does upset you, if you would please come to me one-on-one rather than in front of people, um, because it just makes me feel, you know, it's, it's just it makes me feel a little awkward um, when you discuss it um, in front of um, everyone else. And I don't want other people to feel um, awkward. And that's not on you. Uh, I know you have good intentions, and you just want to make sure that, you know, I'm hearing you, and I want to honor that. 
but at the same time, it doesn't make me feel good when this is brought up um, in front of other people. So, you know, I would really love if you could talk to me one-on-one. Yeah, but that's just how I am. I mean, if you don't like it, why are you even inviting me here? <laughs> and I appreciate that. And if that's, you know, if that's the, the way you are, then, you know what, I, I still appreciate you, and I want you to know that, and I want you to know that I appreciate that you are still here. Because you, okay, you didn't have to be have to take me up on that invitation, but you are here, so thank you. Okay, okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> Perfect, thank you. So, and then she, as she walks away, you're hoping she leaves your house and never comes back again. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, you, you know what, that is another point that I wanted to make as well, is okay. sometimes that doesn't yeah. work. You know, sometimes even, right. they are, sometimes there's people who get to that point of, emotion where they're so highly charged that in, that entire day will go by and they're still at that heightened sense where they're not going to listen to a word you're saying. I mean, literally, they will just shut you out and shut down. Um, and in mm-hmm. that case, what I would say is another thing that's important in these situations so that you don't feel all of this pain and stress and all of that is to set boundaries for yourself. Now, it's not always easy when okay. you have everyone in the same for Thanksgiving, but what you can do, for example, so if you know that you have... <laughs> Antonita coming over, um, and you know, and you don't really want to get into this conversation with her and and all of those things. One of the things you can do is make sure that you don't sit next to her, maybe <laughs> at the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. table. I mean, she sounds like right. a type of person where it doesn't even matter. Uh, but I'm just saying. I mean, that's just something to consider. Um, you may not want to you know, be in close proximity with her for most of the day, you know, not constantly like uh, being in the same room or something. Set some kind of um, boundary so that you're kind of protecting yourself from entering those really, really stressful situations. Maybe other people can, maybe you have, you know, your husband um, that can even help you with that. Maybe there's other family members that are like, you know what, this is not really fair and maybe they'll they'll step in um, to help as well. So, there's a couple of different things that you can do, but setting those boundaries is important because you don't want to put that on yourself. You don't, again, you don't want to get into fixer mode where you're like, oh, I have to make this right. I have to make her happy um, because that's yeah. so much. You can't control that. You cannot control that, how other people feel. You can only control your own emotions. Well, how would you th- – that's very, very important, important point because women are also taught we have to, we have to take care of everybody – we have to mm-hmm. we have to fix everything. We have to fix everything. You know, men have to fix feel they have to fix things and be done with them. Women, you know, have to fix if there pro- people having problems, emotional problems, it must be my fault. So now I have to come in and I got to take care of you. Yes. So now what what would you Sharissa, what if a person wants to just stand up for themselves at the Thanksgiving table? And Anita is sitting there insulting them. Now, she might be sitting a, a little farther away, but she can still look at you and talk to you and make comments. Or maybe she's making comments about you, even worse, to somebody else at your table or at, at somebody else's table. What could yeah. be maybe at that moment mm-hmm. a way that you could express or set the boundary verbally? What could you say to set your boundary with Anita or somebody else like that? Oh, that's a great question. And I think one mm-hmm. of the best ways to handle that is not publicly, even though she may be lashing uh-huh. out in front of everyone. 
Um, yeah. One of the main things, I think, is not to try to shame that. Not, even if you're, that's not your intention, but sometimes that can come across, especially if you do it when there's other people around and you stand up and you say, hey, Antonita, this is not, this is not right. That's not how you treat people, and you're not making, making any of us feel comfortable here. Um, that can be uh, you know, viewed as an attack. From, you know, from what if you were? What if then they might what if you were, and then you have a whole Thanksgiving brawl, which <laughs> you don't want. What if you? What so, What would be yeah. a simpler way, though, of dealing with it immediately, where you're not attacking back, but you're just simply, yeah. you know, op- operating from strength and calmly say something like, you know, just don't talk to me like that. Or I mean, what are what are some good phrases you could use? Or you know, that that's not necessary to talk to me like that. Right, okay. So I think one of the, the things, and you probably heard me say this over and over in that scenario that we just played out, is to acknowledge and validate the person. Now, I know sometimes when we hear that, we kind of cringe because it's like, oh, I don't want to make them right. <laughs> you know, they're not right for, for treating people that way. But that's not what's meant by acknowledging and validating. It simply means that you say, you know what, I, I understand that this might, and thank you for sharing this with me, I understand that this might be um, an issue for you, and start off like that, because what happens when you do that, and when you acknowledge what that person is saying, that the fact that you see mm-hmm. them, a lot of times they need that attention, you know, they crave that attention, and that's why they do certain things, mm-hmm. um, but if you yeah. acknowledge them, they calm down a little bit, like, oh, okay, um, you know, somebody's acknowledging me, somebody's even thanking me, you know, even when my behavior is like this. Um, so that can diffuse the situation and then go into that it really helps to decrease that high emotional tension. And then you can go into, you know what, that does, just doesn't feel right when you do that. I prefer if you, if you wouldn't. Thank you so much. And then you just mm-hmm. leave it at that. And if she continues okay, to so do that, then you can yeah. say, you know what, I, I'm sorry, but I need to excuse myself um, in this moment because it just doesn't feel good. And then, there's, there again, it's your boundary, right? You step away. You don't put yourself yeah. in that situation consistently. Okay, so could you just and you do this with somebody else? Do, see her doing that to do somebody the, else, right? Yep. Right. Do the. Could you just put, just say that again? The the order of things to to yeah. do before. Yeah. Go ahead. This isn't set uh, for our listeners. This is about setting boundaries with people who are violating yours emotionally or being rude to you, whatever, offensive, that sort of thing. Go ahead. So mm-hmm. the first thing, even before acknowledging and validating, is to keep your emotions in check. And that's, mm-hmm. that would be definitely step one. So what I mean by that is when you hear these words, which might feel like venom to you, <laughs> you know, coming out mm-hmm. of someone's mouth, it's very easy for us to get emotionally charged. And we have our buttons, and somebody pushes that button, and all of a sudden we're fuming before anything even comes out of our mouth. So yeah. it's really important before you even engage with that person to keep your emotions in check, to try as much as possible to stay calm and say, you know what, I'm, I'm in control of how I handle the situation, and I'm going to do it in a way that is, um, you know, is going to be the best way that I can handle this. So check with yourself first because you don't want to get so upset about it and then lash out because that's not going to help the situation. So step one, mm-hmm. get your emotions in, in check. See where, you're, mm-hmm. where you are and then move on to acknowledging and validating and say, you know what, I understand that this is difficult for you, or I understand you might not be happy with this. And there's several different ways you can go about doing that. But that lets the, pe- the person know that they're heard, you know, that you hear them. It, you may, and it doesn't mean agreeing. Again, it doesn't mean you agree with them. But at least validate the fact that you, are, you hear them. 
it's a big difference between the two. And uh, again, that's not easy, especially if you get upset. If you're already at that point where you're so mm-hmm. angry, then that's not going to come across very genuinely. But mm-hmm, second thing yeah. to do is um, is acknowledge and then validate the person, and then tell them. Step number three: tell them how it makes you feel, not what they're doing is wrong, not pointing fingers. Tell them how it makes you feel, and then tell them the expected behavior. So you're not you're not like pointing fingers and saying this is what I need you to do. You don't want to come at it from that angle. But if you're mm-hmm. in a more calm space, uh, go back and mm-hmm. going back to step one. If you're in a more calm space, then it's easier for you to say, you know what, this doesn't make me feel really good. What I would love for you to do, if you don't mind, is would you please just not, you know, not speak to me in that way or ask me that particular question again. So not only are you acknowledging and validating, but you're setting the expectations. That's also part of setting your boundaries because a lot of times people don't think about that. I mean, like Aunt Anita might, be, might not be thinking um, <laughs> about what she needs to do um, to make the situation better. But by saying how you feel so that she gets an idea of what her behavior is doing and secondly, tell her what you expect of her. You know, because otherwise she's just going to keep going in the same cycle, not knowing um, what what you expect. And so give her that opportunity to step up and then do what you're asking. And if not, then the second step to the boundaries is maybe you need to physically distance yourself from her in that situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just writing this down. Okay. Now, uh, another thing that... I think it would be a good idea is to make what you say very succinct, very, this is something that I really appreciate about men because they're able to express their thoughts very clearly, very succinctly. Yes. You know, short sentences and then that's it. Because if you come barreling at Anita with how you're feeling She'll probably stop listening after the first sentence because anyway, we can't remember that much, you know, when a person is going on and on about how they're feeling about something, especially if they if you feel like you're being attacked in some way or you're being critiqued in some way. So what I would suggest, yeah, is to keep it very, very brief, you know, even like write it down, prepare yourself before you talk to Anita and make a commitment with yourself that this is all, this is the, what is the one point I feel, you know, this makes me feel sad. Mm-hmm. You know, this makes this, I feel hurt by this, you know, and right. see that they hear, oh, yeah. hear you. Instead of, you know, I feel hurt. I can't believe it. And I've just, I, I can't even believe you're saying these things because the tendency especially with women, is to talk a lot, talk a lot, a lot, a lot. Yes. So yes. so you want to keep it, my suggestion would be to keep that very succinct, simple. Keep it simple, you know. And yeah, I like that's, this, what I, yeah, yeah, what I would for love for you to do, what I would love to for you to do, I like the opening of that because that's disarming. Um, yes. Or how about saying what I, what I'm, can I ask of you to do this? So can yes. I ask you, please, not to speak to me in that way again? Because I feel hurt by that when that happens. You know, and and talk mm-hmm. so they can hear you and see that they're listening, you know, like not distracted by cell phone or talking to somebody else, really just looking at 
you know, or maybe even saying, stepping aside and saying, can we just have a minute together? I just really want to connect with you for a minute. I just want you know, this is important to me. I want to talk to you for just a minute. Absolutely. You know, do you get, and I, what get I want there, to do is just yeah. highlight two key points that you just said, Lisa. One is yeah. keeping it system. That's so important because if you don't, what, what will happen is, or what tends to happen is that it gives the other person more room to to really, they can start building up that emotion of anger all over again. If you just keep going, 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 they'll sit there, switch you off, but then they'll also get really mad because they don't want to be sitting here listening to you go on and on and on. Um, and right. so you definitely want to avoid that. And also engage, like you said, engage with them. Ask them if you can share that. You know, Ask them how they feel or what they think. Because a lot of times, I mean, we all want that, right? But a lot of times when people come at it from that uh, perspective and when they're being mean or whatever it is, they just want to feel loved. They want to feel validated. They want to feel important. And they're not getting that. So that's one way that they can lash out. And I don't want to generalize again, but um, a lot of times that's what's happening. So when you do that, when you acknowledge them, when you ask their permission, when you do things like that, as difficult as it may seem because they'll just hurt you, uh, but if you can get mm-hmm. yourself to that place, it can really help. And then, of course, it's going to have long-term impacts, right? If you can do something in that moment to help the situation, then next Thanksgiving may be a whole different story for you. <laughs> you know, it may be a lot better. <laughs> and not only you, but for other family members also. Mm-hmm. And then also, what do you do if that person is non-responsive? If they just simply don't have it in them to do this type of work, because that's what it is. It's work to, to even listen to you, acknowledge what you say, meet you, in the middle, um, what yeah. if they just they don't maybe they don't have enough self esteem to do that? You know they can't break from their pattern of the, their role of being in control with their anger and all that. What do you do then? How do you pick up the pieces for yourself after right. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And it goes mm-hmm. back to what I was saying earlier that you can't control how they respond. You can do the best you can. And then the key there, the most important thing, is that you're at peace with what you, you know, whatever you decide to do, that you're at peace with that, and you can walk away regardless of what they decide to do with that. Um, and that's the mm-hmm. most important thing, because if you get so caught up in the drama and wanting to make this person do something that they just don't want to or they choose not to, um, it's, it's going to eat you up inside. So you really need mm-hmm. to get to that space where you say to yourself, and prepare yourself mentally even beforehand and say, you know what, mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best Thanksgiving tomorrow. Regardless of what happens, I'm going to do my mm-hmm. best. I'm going to stay in this attitude of gratitude, and I'm going to try my best mm-hmm. to enjoy the whole experience and help everybody else. But at the same time, I am not going to take responsibility for other people's behavior. I can only control mm-hmm. my own. I will do what I can to, you know, to help make everyone feel comfortable. But that way, if you see that other people are not responding to you, in in a way that you would prefer, um, you can either mm-hmm. try something else, you know, maybe, a, a, I don't know, try another, asking them another question or engaging them in a different way, um, or you can just decide, you know what, I've done my best, and I'm going to have to be okay with walking away from the situation right now. There's nothing more I can do. Because sometimes mm-hmm. we, like you were saying earlier, right, we tend to want to fix it so badly that we sit there and go on and on and on and on, <laughs> and that just makes mm-hmm. it worse. <laughs> So you definitely don't mm-hmm. want to get into that. Again, that goes back to believing you do not have responsibility. It's not your responsibility to fix that person. You can only control what you can do. Mm-hmm. Now, what what happens 
when let's say you're you're newly married or uh, married for well, you know, I don't know a year or two, and you're the pressure is on you uh, to impress your in-laws, and let's say yeah. you don't really like your in-laws, <laughs> so now it becomes yeah. your, your job. You have to cook for your in-laws. You have to buy your in-laws all these presents for Christmas. You, how do you mm-hmm. deal with that? <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's a common one, right? A lot of us feel that pressure, even if you, even if you've been married for many many years. Um, and right, like you said earlier, it might go back to the rituals. You just feel like, oh, it's that time of year again. I just have to go into the cycle and deal with it until next time. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that can that can really stress you out so much. Even if you think to yourself, oh, it's just for a short period of time. It's just over the holidays, and then I don't have to worry about it. Um, but a couple of things that you can do in that situation is, one, talk to your spouse about it. You know, talk to because, okay. I mean, it's, it's the example you gave, it's his parents, right? He knows them best. He knows the situation. And really be open and honest with him and say, you know what, I, I really want to please them, and I want to do what's right, and I want them to be happy. But what are your thoughts on this? I don't feel comfortable doing this, or it's a lot of stress on me to do that. And kind of brainstorm and some ideas and say, how can, how can this be more um, enjoyable? You know, and there may even be, maybe you may have to have a conversation with your in-laws and just be open and honest with them and say, you know what, I love you guys and I want to, you know, I want to make sure you're happy over the holidays, but there's certain things that I just, you know, I don't feel right about or it's causing me a lot of stress. And then think about ahead of time, think about some other options. So maybe that mm-hmm. is they expect you to have everyone over to your house for Thanksgiving. That could be something, you know, that could be an expectation and you just feel this mm-hmm. pressure. So talk to your spouse about it. Find out where he stands with all of this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that will help to get you his support so that when you do have to have the conversation with your in-laws, you, first of all, again, you start with that acknowledging and validating and telling them how you feel about them, that you respect them um, and all of that. And then also being mm-hmm. honest with them about the way you, you'll notice a pattern here, right? <laughs> so be honest mm-hmm. about the way you feel um, and how it makes you feel. And then think about some ideas of, of uh, you know, how you can make this maybe more stressful for you and also enjoyable for them. So an example of this would be, um, like, now you have all of these restaurants, right, who do Thanksgiving meals. I know of so many people who will just go out now and buy the entire Thanksgiving meal and bring it in and <laughs> set the table. And, you know, that way you don't have the pressure of cooking. So that could be an option. If that's what's stressing you out, maybe we have an honest conversation and say, you know what, I'm not a great cook. You know, I don't know how yeah. this is going to turn out. So maybe I have family members help me out or... Maybe I just go to Boston Market and get a whole turkey dinner and put it on the table, whatever it is. But think through some ideas right. of what's going to help you. And also, you know, help them also. Because you don't want to make it all about this is me and this is my decision and I need to be comfortable. And make, it, make sure you are thinking about what's going to be good for them as well. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm wondering if anybody feels this way about – Let's say they spent a long time cooking and cooking and they sit down and the meal gets consumed in 20 minutes after they've been Mm -hmm. working on it for maybe days. You know, do you think there's a problem with that? Especially if people aren't really giving thanks and maybe kids are just not, they're just kind of feeling entitled. They don't even have to be appreciative. All they care about is their cell phone, their iPad, their computer games, and as soon as the meal is over, they go running off to play 
with the computer mm-hmm. game. I mean, how is that supposed to feel good? I mean, are right. we overdoing it? My question, are we overdoing this holiday? So overdoing it in the sense of trying to do too much? Or just, you know, make it, make it, you know, it seems to me like it's more about the food consumption than it is, as I was saying early earlier on, mm-hmm. more about eating yeah. than giving thanks. I mean, wouldn't it be kind of interesting I, if you had a, a Thanksgiving where, you sat around and you ate really very little and you just gave yes. thanks. You sat around, you went around in a circle. No one would do it, you know, maybe some might do, but, you know, and you just talked about how you're grateful for everything and, you know, light yeah. a candle and just, you know, <laughs> say we're just going to, we're just going to appreciate each other and not stuff ourselves this year. But that's just not what it is. Right. That's not what the, you know, so. And I think we get away we get away from humanity, we get away from the connection with each other if we if we treat it like oh we have a caller. Um oh, caller okay. if you yeah, if you'd like to talk uh with Charissa, would you press the number one on your phone right now, please, and I'll I'll pick up the call. That gives them the option if they want to talk. Okay. I'm i I'm curious, I'd like to see who this is. It, uh, caller on 318, I'd love to pick up on the call. If you'd like to talk, just press the number one on your keypad. I think that they don't want to talk right now. So they're, oh, they're gone. All right. <laughs> okay, so where were we? Okay, so, uh, yeah, just yeah, you, the, the, yeah, go ahead. Right, you had a question for me um, about, um, sorry, can you refresh my memory again, uh, Lisa, about the, the last question that you had? I think you were in the middle of asking me. Well, just about uh, having. Uh, well, I was asking about what what is this like? I mean, is it fulfilling? You know how you were saying, uh, do do this in a way where you get something out of it. You feel good about what you're doing. Uh, yeah. um, you're cooking and cooking, and you know you'd like some acknowledgement. I mean, who wouldn't? And then. Every the meal the meal is done in twenty minutes. Nobody's giving thanks, right. and the kids just can't wait. You know, they're just stuffing their faces, and they can't wait to get back to the computer games or whatever. And they don't. I mean, I think that that's another problem. I think that women are mm-hmm. undervalued. Are you know the, the attitude that kids have more and more now is one of disregard and just expectation. You know, when are we going to eat, and how much can I get? And I yeah. I feel that women feel shortchanged and, you know, mm-hmm. there's got to be some, you know, resistance and stress from that. You know, how how different it would be if everybody just, you know, let's say the kids put their arms around mom and said, gee, mom, you know, this was so great. Thank you so much for cooking this. I <laughs> love you. I appreciate- Oh, this is yeah. so But is that what they're getting? Right, right. And I think to go back to what you were saying at the beginning, when people just sit at the table and gobble down the meal and then leave and you don't get any acknowledgement, it can, yeah, it can. Like you said, it can be very difficult um, for women, especially because no one seems to understand, you know, in that scenario, no one seems to understand just how much went into it. Um, but I think also it goes back to the meaning that we give these things, right? 
So again, we're yeah. only responsible for the way we internalize things and how we view it. So if we're looking at it from the perspective of, oh my gosh, everyone, they're so ungrateful, and how dare they do this, do they even realize, and if we have all of that stuff going on in our minds, we're stressing ourselves out, they have no idea, <laughs> right? They're not think, sitting there and thinking, oh, I hope I didn't hurt your feelings, you know, but we're, mm-hmm. we're internally causing ourselves so much stress. And there's a couple of mm-hmm. different ways to do this. Um, and you mentioned mm-hmm. some really, really good points that I wanted to uh, touch on, Lisa. One of the things you said was, mm-hmm. you know, as a mom, you want to get that appreciation, and you would love for your kids to um, to come to you and give you a hug and say, hey, thank you so much, Mom, it was a great meal, all of those things. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen overnight, right? Like you said, um, unfortunately, there's a lot of kids these days who that doesn't come naturally for them. Maybe they weren't, you know, they weren't raised in, a, in an environment that cultivated gratitude. Um, now, you can't control that. Again, it goes back to you can't control how other kids behave or other people behave. Um, but in your mm-hmm. own family, if that's something that you want to create for yourself, um, you know, in, with your kids, then practice that attitude of gratitude on an ongoing basis. Don't just wait for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and expect people to come and, you know, your kids to run up to you and hug you and all of that. So, and what I mean by that is what you can do to help cultivate that, um, that attitude or gratitude with them is, Acknowledge it like, throughout the year, not just on Thanksgiving, but do that for them because they're really going to model your behavior, right? That speaks volumes. So rather than you constantly saying, hey, you need to be grateful, you need to thank me, you need to do that, um, but rather do that for them. Help them experience what it feels like for them to be appreciated and all of that. So it's one way you can kind of cultivate that. So the other thing, going back to your example of how do you engage your family after the meal so that people are not just running yeah. off getting on the cell phones yeah. and being, you know, um, just being on social and all of those things is, um, like you said, and I loved your example, is maybe start a new ritual, you know, start a new yeah. ritual, where you, but you ahead of time. Don't, you know, don't like get on the table and say, okay, guys, after the, after the dinner, you're not allowed to get your phone or your cell phone or anything. This is what you're going to mm-hmm. do because that oftentimes will not work. So what mm-hmm. you might want to do is like preempt it. So, Reach out to your family ahead of time. Let them know what mm-hmm. you're planning. Get, most importantly, mm-hmm. get their input. Because when you get input from people and you get, the, you get their buy-in into doing something like that, and that's going to carry much more weight than you telling people what to do. So in other words, maybe send out an mm-hmm. email to your family members and say, hey, you know, I was thinking this year, just to, um, to get to know each other a little bit better, spend time, quality time, how about we, you know, I, I have some ideas, but I also want to hear from you. What do you think we, yeah. can, we can do to make Thanksgiving more fun and so that we can get together as a family and do something maybe fun. Maybe we play a game. Maybe we sit around yeah. and do And I want to hear from you. What are your ideas? Because that way, when people are contributing, they feel like they yeah. have, you know, they have more, um, they're more committed to it. And it's easier for you. So try not to do it on the day and just say, this is what we're going to do. But think about it ahead of time and definitely yeah. ask people for their opinion. Because people love to give their opinion, right? <laughs> so yeah. ask them and then have them suggest. And even the kids. I mean, ask the kids. Maybe, you know what, maybe yeah. you incorporate that and you say, maybe we play on the Wii. Maybe we want to take turns and we play with the Wii. You know, that's fun. Yeah. And that's incorporate electronic elements. So there's a number of different things you can do. Yeah, and I like that idea because what it does is it takes the responsibility off of you. Um, yes. Completely. And it involves other people. We have a caller. Shall we take that caller? Yes, absolutely. Hello, caller, are you there? Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Uh, this is Lisa, and you're also talking with Sharissa. Welcome to the show. Can we have your name, please? 
Uh, my name is Andrew. I'm calling from Africa. Oh, Andrew from Wow. Far away. Well, thank you. Thanks for for joining us. Uh, do you have a question for Sharissa or a comment or anything else you'd like to contribute here? Well, I have quite a few questions depending on how much time you guys have got. Um I thought it was a good uh, topic, you know, dealing with holiday stress. But, uh, you know, it almost feels to me like, uh, you know, stress is an everyday thing. I mean, uh, depending on which community you're living in or depending on where you Mm -hmm. live, I mean, you know, holiday stresses. I suppose at certain times of the year, people get even more challenged. Apparently, suicides go up around Christmas uh, oh, because yeah. of the fact that uh, some people are just alone and it's really tragic like one of the things the yeah, biggest things yeah. that I'm dealing with at the moment is that I cannot one of the things that I'm struggling to deal with in terms of stress is the mm-hmm. amount of disconnection between uh, people um, even knowing about certain problems um, and not wanting to deal with them so for example I'm constantly going up to people and saying and, and just trying to connect with people uh, okay when I say constantly, it's mm-hmm. mostly through things like blog talk. Um, but everyone's got their own stress that they're dealing with. And you say to someone, well, there's a problem in our community or there's a problem in our country, in our nation. How could we start to address this challenge and how could we start to address the challenges in our lives initially to be able to get to the bigger issues? And people are just generally not interested. People are generally like, well, I'm too tired or whatever. I'm like, well, what if we could set aside one hour an evening for a week or two to just get the baseline of what needs to be done. People don't want to do it. You know, what if we could just set aside uh, one hour a week just to kind of meet up or a couple of hours a week on a weekend to say, okay, how can we change and transform our community? Or And there's like the breakdown of family because of uh, both parents mm-hmm. working most of the time. You know, there's, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm ranting now, but it just, okay. it just feels so overwhelming because it's like you yeah. can't connect. Everywhere you're like square peg, round hole, square peg, round hole. That's what it feels like. And, you know, you've got all these puzzle pieces and you've got the solution, but, but no one wants to, um, no one wa- the puzzle's big and you can't do it by yourself, but nobody else wants to work on the puzzle. So how does this tie, Andrew, thank you for contributing these ideas. Um, how does this tie into your holiday stress? Do you, I mean, are you don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Africa, do you? Well, look, let's put it this way. I mean, to me, everything's interconnected and people often struggle. Like you're saying on your radio show, okay, we've got a particular topic, which is really good for radio shows because it's good to uh, get pe- people like tuning in to get a different topic every single time and it keeps the show moving. But to me, if we take yeah. just the topic of holiday stress, I'll say, just like the alchemists used to say, well, everything's interconnected. Uh, you know, we can look at um, our world in the macro and in the micro and, uh, you know, everything's interconnected. I could say, well, the hol- holidays are just a concept. Like you just said, you know, we don't have Thanksgiving here, but what is Thanksgiving really? I mean, um, what is America mm-hmm. being grateful for? And then we could look behind the scenes and say, well, actually, um, you know, there's certain things that maybe aren't so good about Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. know, I remember watching a TV special a while ago uh, on YouTube that was relating, yeah. somebody was commenting on it about, like, what was it, 4th of July? Is that right? Is that Thanksgiving? That's another one. No, for... Okay, I'm not... I'm not sure which one That's it is. That's another hall. Uh, yeah. Well, we've got right now we so have like, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I think there's a delay on the line. No, we have Okay, what we have is what I call the sandwich. We've got Thanksgiving, 
followed by Christmas, which is really uh, less, well, it's about a month away, okay? Then we have right after that New Year's. Um, all of these holidays are inundated with p social pressures, expectations, um, a lot of eating, drinking, and consumption of sugar. Right. Um, so it's a lot of, uh, I'm going to say, <laughs> in some ways maybe self-medicating too and socializing with a lot of mm -hmm. alcohol. So that's just another topic. Um, uh, I And we have... Um, we do have another caller. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, 301. Oh, I see we do. Okay, hold on one second. I'm going to take this other caller for a moment because we can all speak together if if we'd like to do that. Let me just see who this is. Hang on there, Andrew. Hang on there. Um, hello. Hello. Hi, Lisa. It is Sharissa. Sorry, I had to switch phones on you, but I'm I'm back. Oh, Sharissa. Okay. Sharissa. It's Sharissa. Okay. So where were we? All right. So Andrew, I was just um, thanks for calling back in, Charissa. Can I mention I something about calendars? Sure, yeah. please do. Okay, I actually yes, figured out because I got very frustrated with the Gregorian calendar because you know a couple of the months out of the year, um, you know, were actually uh, just because I think certain Roman emperors wanted to have their names in the calendar. And uh, I started looking into how they're actually stealing a year, uh, sorry, a month, a month from everybody um, economically speaking. Uh, so if you look at the solar calendar, what I call the solar calendar, which also relates to the lunar calendar, there's actually 28 days in each month. And there's, uh, I, as a joke to myself, I called it, you know, my name's Andrew, so I call it the Andean calendar, you know, as an inside joke, because really it's just in nature. Nobody owns the calendar. And uh, it's, 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 it's a solar. So uh, when you break it up, there's actually 13 months in a year, if you actually look at it in nature. And then every four years, there's an extra day. So I created a calendar for myself and said, I'm not going to follow any of the traditional stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have okay. my days of rest when I can. Uh, mm -hmm. instead of looking at weekends at a, as a day of rest, because every day, technically speaking, we're actually doing something. It is good to have a day of rest. But you know, people that are like Seventh-day Adventists or that follow the so-called Sabbath don't even realize that on the Gregorian calendar, the end of the week isn't actually usually on a Saturday or, or a Sunday. The end okay, of the week Andrew, is somewhere near I, the middle of Andrew, the week. Andrew, uh, Sharissa, yeah. did you have something to say? No, Andrew, I just want to make sure that we have enough time to get to your question. We don't have a whole lot of time left um, on the show, and I want to okay, make no sure problem. that we address your, your question really quickly for you. Oh, I think so my can, main can thing is like, how do yeah. we get people to think differently about the nature of our reality instead of thinking mm -hmm. in terms of the construct? Because the construct okay. is largely geared against the average person. Okay, Andrew, we are. Um, I love your ideas. I, we are trying to stick to, um, if you don't mind, if you have some thoughts about the stress of the holidays, whatever the holidays are for you, okay, if you're not doing Thanksgiving in Africa, what can you talk to us about what holidays there are that you do celebrate and how you uh, deal with the stress of those holidays? Oh me, uh, I don't know if. <laughs> here's the thing: um, if we think about if we think about holidays, right? Uh, the average person in Africa, average person is fighting for survival, so they don't okay. know what a holiday is. 
And my biggest okay, so stress is, is that people mm-hmm. think that holidays holidays are so stressful in general, but people forget that most people in the world, the majority of people, don't actually get a holiday. So how do okay, we deal Andrew, with changing the yeah. perception? Yeah. Okay. I love that. You are making such a fantastic point. I just love that. I'm deeply touched by what you're saying. No worries. You really? And I mean, Andrew, that I goes into... I do want to go. also... Um, sorry, go ahead, Lisa. No, Sharissa, please. Go on. Okay. I just wanted to quickly comment on what you just said, Andrew. And by the way, where are you calling from in Africa? From South Africa, I assume? Yeah, where there's actually half-decent internet access, even though it's the most expensive <laughs> internet in the world. Good. Well, it's so good to hear <laughs> okay. another South African. Um, I'm from South Africa, born and raised there. I know very well what the holidays awesome. are like in South Africa. <laughs> Wow. So, um, yeah, I definitely wanted to, uh, to you know, talk a little bit about that because you have a very valid point that, yes, there are much bigger issues in the world. There are other things um, that we deal with. But in addition to that, I know South Africa, for example, so Christmas is a huge holiday, right? I mean, it depends. Mm-hmm. Different people maybe celebrate it or don't celebrate depending on economics or different things like that. But yeah. it's definitely, a, you know, a holiday in South Africa, right? So one of the things that well, I, I my, do my biggest is, issue is like, I, I struggle to relate to people based on the fact that I'm not trying to be rude, but uh, a lot of people get caught up in things like the holidays as a distraction or, you know, even just uh, things like Mandela Day or whatever, and everyone's celebrating something. And I don't even think they know what they're celebrating. That's the problem. Like yeah. Thanksgiving in the United yeah. States, it's like we're so grateful that we managed to uh, – that somewhere further back in down the line – somebody managed to exploit somebody else and we're still currently exploiting the rest of the world with the petrodollar. So let's be grateful for that. And like, it doesn't compute for me. So, you know, I I look at things more like, well, how can we have a national uh, or international fractional reserve banking awareness day on how fractional reserve (laughs) banking should be done? How can we create new days or days of focus as opposed to what certain powers that be in the world give us to focus on? That's what stresses me out about holidays. Okay, and that's a very valid point, Andrew. And you know what? I really acknowledge your your passion for this. You have obviously a lot of passion, sure. a big heart to be Thank able you. to you know help other people and want to forward this cause because you see a need, right? I mean, there's a huge need, especially in in Africa. It's like mm-hmm. right in your face. It's so blatant with all of the things going on. Um, so mm-hmm. one of the things I would um, I would suggest because I mean I I really this is such a big stress and it has a potential to really drive us crazy, right? To do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know one of the things you struggle with, like you mentioned is not having people on the same page, you know, not having people that relate to yeah. you. They don't have that same level of passion and drive and commitment. And then, you know, yeah. how do you I was find sitting with people? some communists. I was sitting with some communists over the last weekend and I was sitting in a strategy meeting where they're basically, I mean, a lot of the things that these people do at the end of the day end up coming, becoming violent and so on. And I said, you know, why don't we set up a uh, structure so that you can get resources to create awareness and spend more time mm-hmm. focusing on building and they basically end up saying, but we don't want to be comfortable. And I'm like, well, what, that was one of the comments. And I was like, yeah. why wouldn't you want to be comfortable, like able to do what you need to do if you could be? It's like, no, we've got the revolutionary spirit. And we want to tear things down. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. I, I don't know how to deal with it. I really don't. I can't get over it. I just cannot yeah, like, is- forget it. I, I wish that there was an easy way. Yeah. Uh, so one okay, of the things guys, I want to do in this case, yeah. I want to relate it to holiday stress because that's because a lot of listeners that are listening in um, really okay. want to be able to figure out, okay, how does this relate to holiday stress and what do we do with it? So in, in your we, um, case, Andrew, and I think this is – sorry, go ahead, Lisa. No, I, I, we do have another caller who I'd like to bring on in a minute. So when no you are done, Charissa, with your thought there, I'm going to bring Connor okay, on. Sure. 
Okay, I just want to make one quick uh, comment, um, Andrew, and actually a suggestion for you. Um, and this goes for even people that are dealing with, with holiday stress, where you, you just find that you're not connected to those people where you feel really need to, you know, need to have the same drive and, and commitment as you do. And now, the one thing to realize is obviously we can't control that in other people, right? So what we need to do is find those like-minded people who are going to be willing to come on board with us. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what resources you have available to you right now in South Africa, Andrew, but a couple of things that come to mind is maybe start a blog. Reach out to those organizations that you know yeah. can help forward that mission. Third thing um, is also some sort of groups, like I know in the U.S. there's Meetup, for example, meetup.com. I don't know if you have that in yeah. South Africa. Very good you can find suggestion. groups of like-minded people. So there's just different things that you can do because you don't want to keep beating your head on a brick wall with people that are not on the same page as you, right? Yeah. That's going to cause you yeah. more stress. So anyway, and, that's Andrew, my, my yeah. Andrew, you should be podcasting on Blog Talk Radio. Yes, great okay, idea. Okay, no problem. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see what me, happens. Gonna, I appreciate the gonna, encouragement. Oh, well, you, you're very outspoken and fluent and you get, have a lot of ideas. So I think that um, you should consider that as a platform. I'm going to bring Connor on now. Thank you. Connor, welcome to Thanks, the show. Uh, hi. So I just want to relate back to um, the thing where you were talking about kids not uh, caring oh, about yeah. like Christmas mm-hmm. and Thanksgiving. I think you yes. can really um, like stress, you know, their uh, opinions on it, because like, you know, think of when's the last time like a seven-year-old says, you know, thanks, Grandma, for making <laughs> this food. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, I never really did that. I never mm-hmm. showed like genuine, uh, you know, thankfulness to my relatives, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's really not something that a kid does. They right. just don't really care. So it's just, you know, like, oh, meet up with mm-hmm. the family, eat some food. But it's more yeah. of like the adults that care. Yeah, how old are you, you know? Connor, may I ask? Oh, how I'm old are you? 17. Yeah, you're, this is great. This is great because you're at that point where you're still remembering being younger, yeah. but you're still yeah. This is awesome. Thank you so much for calling in. Well, I'm so no excited that you're here. So, yeah. You know, just cause, so do you, just because yeah, kids don't care, they just they just want to get back to their you know playing their battle toads or whatever you know. Yeah. 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 Have you developed well, you're a more appreciation? I'm um, 17 year old, Kana. Yeah. What? Would you say that? No. I would you repeat that? I was. Just... Sorry. Go ahead. Lisa. Wait. No, would you repeat that again, Charissa, what you just said? Oh, no, I was just saying to Connor that he is one uh, very emotionally intelligent um, 17-year-old. I don't know many 17-year-olds that would, first of all, listen to Blog Talk Radio and then, you know, call in and be part of the discussion. So I want to thank you for that. And you have a very, very valid point. This is, I see this, uh, you know, this is very a very common um, issue these days. So thank you for bringing that up. Sorry, Lisa, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, so Connor, have you developed more appreciation now for the meal I mean, that's cooked? And yeah, yeah. It, it, now it's more of like the meal itself rather than you know the family, because there will always be some of those family members that are just like, goodness, why am I here with them? <laughs> but you know, you just got to get over it and just eat right. some nice pie. So, Connie, can I ask what shifted for you? When did you start to change the way you looked at things and being more grateful? Me? 
Yeah. Yes. When did that shift for you? Um, I mean, early teenager years for sure. You know, I, I put down my Battletoads. I stopped playing the Battletoads, <laughs> and, you know, I okay. I just appreciated things more. You know, I found Jesus. Certainly oh. saved me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is but fantastic. Recently, yeah, that is I mean, awesome. I've, like, like I've been experimenting with my religion, and I'm... I might convert to Islam. You know, it just seems like a much, a much more a peaceful religion. You know, mm-hmm. makes me uh, appreciate the things that I have in my life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for you, it was more of a awareness and more of you seeking to say, okay, what is a better way of doing this? That brought you to the realization of being more grateful. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah. I mean, just. You just gotta take things slow and just see what you have with your life and appreciate everything. Okay. So since you were that yeah. you know, that little kid with your with your video games and you obviously have been through that yourself, how can you use that experience that you've had to be able to help other younger kids feel more gratitude? Hmm. Well, I think it's more of a transitional thing. You can't just tell this kid, Hey, appreciate mm-hmm. this food. <laughs> You know, appreciate, yeah. like, because they don't understand because they don't have to do it. You know? Right. Just like so, when Christmas comes, uh, yeah. you know, they're not giving people presents, but they're going to have to. Well, maybe to. they are. May- but some kids do Maybe, give maybe presents. they are, but yeah, like, maybe their parents write their name on a present. But like the that. focus is, and the, fo- and I mean, the pressure at school is immense over presents. What did you get? Not what did you give? And is it enough? <clears throat> you know, I got I got very deeply conditioned with that at school, and I'm not a materialistic person, you know. Mm-hmm. But I definitely got you know that 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 brainwashed me for a time as a kid, definitely. So, what about that part, Connor? Uh, um, you have you well, yeah. I mean, I'm never really the kind of person that cares about what they get on Christmas or their birthday. You know? Mm-hmm. I'm just kinda never, I'm just kinda thankful yeah, you, in general. Yeah, but at, when you were younger. When I was younger, I, you, I was still kinda that way. Yeah. So You so know, I you, just wanted like one nice present. I didn't want like a wow. ton of stuff. I wasn't a needy child. Wow, that's you're unusual. Thank you. And do you have other friends who are like-minded? Um, some of them. It really depends, just like, you know, not only do uh, I get something nice for Christmas, just like one nice thing or, you know, some money from relatives, you know, I get to go on snowboarding trips and whatever, and, you know, I think of that as my real gift. Yeah, nice. So when you really help about like the family getting together <laughs> and having a nice time. Yes. So yeah, what do you absolutely. think? You know, w- were you listening earlier to the show, or did you just start listening now? Um, I was listening at like the kids being like whiny and not really caring about anything. <laughs> Okay, because <laughs> earlier, because since you're a guy, I'd really like to ask you this question. We were, Sharissa okay. and I were talking about how women feel very pressured 
and conditioned by <laughs> this culture to be perfect and take care of everybody and you know they're very concerned about what other think of about them, but men typically are not so much. You know, if that's somebody doesn't like, things, you know, that's just how things go in so we let, society, yeah, whether it I'd be like, like fair or unfair. It's typically the, um, you know, the woman's the caretaker and everything. But how can we change that? And you, as a guy, I, I'd like to tap into your thought process. If somebody hurls an insult at you. Let's say you cooked a meal and somebody insults okay. you. Oh, how do you process the insult? Let's say, let's say I say to you, Connor, this is terrible. This meal you cooked, it's not it's not what I wanted. How do you, what's your first thought? Well, I mean, I'd be a little mad. You know, they can go somewhere okay. else if they don't like the meal. But that's also I've been given the responsibility to make a meal that can satisfy. So you would you could just tell them flatly you can go somewhere else. That's what you would say? Um if they get pretty uh pretty wound up about it, I probably would. Right. And then Dep- depends you if it depends if they're on that if they're uh if they're that relative that I don't like, you know. So you can just go and then would you keep that with would would it fester in you that they said this to you after you just told them, you know, that they can just go somewhere else? <laughs> would you would you carry that with you, those bad feelings? Um I don't know. So like my great aunt made a turkey one year and then it was just like a little undercooked. Uh we didn't really say anything about it. But um, you know, she's still kind of she. It still kind of haunts her in a way. Right. Yeah, I like the turkey. So, though. I didn't. What, I didn't complain. What I, What I'm asking is because women. I would say, Sharissa, wouldn't you agree that women tend to hold on to things longer? That things bother bother us more deeply. We feel things very deeply, and they tend to fester. And that's why we need to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. But guys are just very minimalistic about, you know, it's they're very quick. And it's interesting that Connor just said he cut to the chase and he didn't, he wasn't emotional about it. Just like, well, I just tell them they could go somewhere else, <laughs> you know, without, without holding on to this anger ongoing. Um, Cause it sounds like that, that, you would just it, that you'd be done with it. You just say one quick thing, and you're done, and you set a boundary, and you're. It, it's not going to keep bothering you. Would you agree with that, Connor? Um. So, I personally <laughs> think that if I were to say something like that, it would be a little mm-hmm. crossing the line because everybody at the table, oh. if they have a feeling of what the food is like, you know, they're, they're going to be keeping it to themselves and they're not really, but if somebody has the audacity (laughs) to like say, you know what, this is just trash, you know, I'm going to really shut them down. See, I'll admit that I, uh, I'll admit that I didn't do my best job, but you know, I'm going to shut them down. See, I like that. See, Sharissa, I like that. He's going to shut them down. We need to like, you know, push for more, uh, feminist, you know, women's power, you know. Ooh, I like that too. 
So by shutting them down, now you're sitting at the table, and they make this insult. So you would, as you put it, shut them down immediately? You just say it right away. You you shut them down right away. You don't waste time. You just go right, just do it. You know, when I feel that something needs to be done, I'll, I'll do it. See, you, you see, Charissa, how simply he puts that. I like that. Yeah, I do. and I'm, see, very, can, I'm very curious, Hannah. What do you mean by shut them down? How would you do that? Can you give me like a I, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't be scenario? super rude, but I'd just say, you know, if you don't like this food, I'm sorry. It's it's that's too bad. Yeah, and so you're not going like, to be. Kind of just said, right? It's in the way you do it. And kind of has, like he said, you don't want to be rude about it because that's not going to make you feel good. But you also want to be direct and to the point as well, right? So, yeah, that's important point, Connor. Thank you. Uh, and yeah, you're a, welcome. Yeah, there, there's a confidence there, Sharissa, that I like. There's a confidence. There's getting to the point. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, just, just cut to the chase and just, you know... This is, he just said, this is best I can do. If you don't like it, then, you know, you can just eat somewhere else. So that's like just, sh- that's what he means by shutting them down. And mm-hmm. and so, uh, Connor, at that moment when you're shutting them down, are you are you concerned about how what you say might affect them emotionally? Um they should be thinking how what they said is going to be affecting me emotionally before they say Oh, it. yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that, too. <laughs> so there you have it, Charissa. So Connor so is not... Note, <laughs> so you're not as concerned with how they would take it emotionally. Do, do I understand that correctly? Is that what you said? That's okay, essentially got it. it. Got it. Yeah. See, yeah, and, and, and women in that, right? Yeah, yeah. What did What did you say? No, I was going to say, but I was going to say, there's a lot of power in being able to do that. Like you said, it goes back to self confidence, right? You've got to value yourself enough to say, no, this is my boundary, and this is where we're going to stick to. But what I love about what Connor just said is he wasn't just blatantly like, I don't care about you. He's not belittling the person, or he even said, like Connor, correct me if I'm wrong. I think I heard you said earlier that you don't want to be totally rude about it. So it's not about putting the person down. So that's not what we're saying. I just want to make sure that that's very clear, that we're not saying you stand up and you put the person down and put them in their place. We're saying you have your own boundaries. You set that boundary for yourself, and then you communicate that in a way that's not, like, you know, totally hurtful, but at the same time, you're trying to be, uh, do it in, you know, in a more appropriate way, but at the same time, you're still setting those boundaries. You're still saying this is it. Yeah, you have to be assertive, but you can't be too edgy about it. Absolutely, and that's the, that's the important, and that's a lot. That's where in, emotional intelligence is coming from, and that's that's why I was saying earlier, Connor. It's very clear to me that you have a very very high level of emotional intelligence, uh, especially for your age, but just in general. And and I'm also noticing that Connor is not interested in discussing how he feels. That that's not even part of. That's not even necessary. That's part of his power. I don't have to tell you that that hurt me. Um, it's I'm not even going to let it hurt me. It, I'm just going to tell you that I did my best, and if this isn't okay with you, you don't have to be here. That's a very different type of uh, uh, an approach. I like that that cuts to the chase, and it, it just sets the boundary. Yeah. Yeah, and because not everybody. 
Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, please go ahead, Sharissa. Oh, I said one other go thing ahead. that also is important to keep in mind is you need to know your environment. You need to know the people you're dealing with. You need to know the person, right, and how they would respond in that situation because sometimes that will work and sometimes it's going to escalate and get into a huge conflict. So you really need to be very aware of those three things also and make sure that when you're thinking through how you're going to say something or the, how you're going to approach it that you're keeping that in mind as well. Yes, you absolutely want to set your boundary and you can make that you know, absolutely non-negotiable. But then you have a choice as far as how you carry that out, right? How do you implement that boundary? Mm -hmm. So in certain cases, saying something like that might trigger somebody and they might just really go off the deep end. In other cases, it will just make them just be quiet and not, not do anything. So you have to really know who you're dealing with. I think two people can sense. Um, if, you, if you don't work overtime to assert something, they can. That's a strong boundary you're setting. You know, less is more. So this is going back yeah. to what I was saying about something I really like about men so much is that they put things so succinctly, and we can learn from them. Yeah. You know, just very, just the way Connor, you expressed what you had to say, and you also explained what that was so succinctly. You know, you don't have mm -hmm. to talk a, a paragraph. You you know in the front of your mind what it is. You don't have to go around the world to get there. You ju it's just this one simple thought. You know, if it's not good enough, you do not have to be at this table, period. So what if they say to you in response, well, you know, I I am at this table. I am here. What are you going to do about it, Connor? Um. I, uh, I, I'm experimenting with the, uh, the practice of nonviolent Islamic, you know, religion. So I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight them or anything. Uh, right. I'm just gonna say, you know what? I can't do this. You know, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna phase me. You're not gonna, you know, push my buttons. Mm -hmm. He's gonna have to man up and suck it up. If I didn't do the turkey right, but I'm not I'm not going to start trouble because that's just going to make me look bad. Yeah. So so now we can we can continue talking or we could end the show now because we don't have any other callers unless anybody out there wants to call in. You're welcome to. This would be the last chance. There is a, we have a guest in the chat room. Um, please call in if you'd like to speak with us right now. Um, the number to call is 347-989-1357, 347-989-1357. We welcome your call. So, Sharissa, is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, let's see. Well, we talked about, I think we, we really did talk about so much, and a lot of what we spoke about can relate to many different scenarios when it comes to um, holiday stress. Um, one little thing that I, I would like to um, share is, um, I know we had talked about this uh, previously prior to the call, as far as what we do as a result of stress, like eating and, you know, maybe over drinking and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So one quick thing that I'd like to do, um, kind of as a side, uh, you know, not necessarily how to deal specifically with stress, but how do we avoid gaining that additional weight and going into that binge eating or whatever it is um, uh -huh, over okay. the holidays. So a couple of, 
I've got four quick tips on this. And this is, uh, actually, I saw a really cool uh, video recently from uh, one of the local hospitals here. One of the nutritionists put out this video for the holidays. And so the one thing she said is, don't skip meals or you'll end up overeating. So don't, like, uh-huh. miss breakfast on Thanksgiving and then, you know, save yourself <laughs> for, uh, and I've done this before, <laughs> for the meal. Yeah. Um, because what you'll end up doing is uh, is overeating. And then her second point is downsize your plate. So select mm. a smaller plate and then eat um, a smaller quantity, but don't build a tower on your small plate. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that was the other thing. And then the third thing is um, try to try to eat more high-fiber foods like vegetables and uh, fruit and whole grain if you can. I know Thanksgiving is, uh, you know, we, we have the vegetables, but not necessarily the other, the other stuff. But... Um, those things are lowering calorie, calories, and then they keep you feeling full for a longer period of time. And then mm-hmm. the last point is slow down. So take a little bit longer mm. to chew. Like you were saying, and this goes back to what you said earlier, right? People eat so fast and then get, you know, move away from the table, and they're kind of done. Um, so take mm-hmm. time to really slow, um, you know, chew your food a little bit slower. That will trick your brain into eating less, and hopefully that will also give you the opportunity to cultivate good conversation at the table. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, drink more, uh, drink water also, because sometimes we mistake being um, dehydrated for be- being hungry. So if you want to cut down on the amount that you eat at Thanksgiving, then um, start to, you know, drink some water and that way you won't eat as much. So I just thought that was fun to kind of throw that in because I know that's yeah, a big deal too. A lot of those people are, deal with stress mm-hmm. by eating too much. Those are very good tips. It, I don't know who's going to go buy them because... The problem is that Thanksgiving is about indulging, you know, and, you know, I want the gravy, I want the potatoes, I want the pumpkin pie, I want the chocolate pie, I want the apple pie, you know. Yeah. Uh, so and I think the point here is not to deprive yourself, but to just limit, mm-hmm. you can still enjoy all of those things. But if you, re- right. if your priority was one of your priorities to not overeat and put on that weight that you want to lose, then just limit yourself to small quantities of those things and you can still enjoy it. Right. Oh, I, I'm I'm with you 100. percent And what about yeah. what about the drinking part? If if people are, and I I have sensitivity to anyone who is trying not to drink or people who are alcoholics. Okay. Yeah. How about how about that one? Why don't we talk about that for a minute? If you're an alcoholic, but you're going to a gathering. Okay, you yeah. didn't do the cook. You didn't go do the cooking. It's over at somebody else's house. Let's say it doesn't matter where it is, but and there, everybody's drinking. Now, how do you deal with that? I mean, yeah, I, I, I would just, yeah, yeah, yeah so I, I just want to interject that I went to quite a few um, in-law family gatherings, and there was um, an alcoholic amongst the family and he would go to AA meetings in the middle of the gather. He'd just take off and go. Cause that's what, you know, you can do that. You, you can, you can call your sponsor. You maybe don't stay right. for very long, but what is your suggestion, Sharissa, about well, the, how to deal with it? Really, yeah. You offered some really good ones and I don't have any, you know, personal experience um, with this, but I think what you just said is, really vital. You have to make that decision. You know, you know what you're going to get yourself into as far as going into that um, Thanksgiving meal and into that environment. You know, they might be alcohol, uh, you know, and this goes the same even if you have other things that may trigger you. You know that going in, or most of the time you do. So you can kind of plan ahead. And like you said, I love what you just said. You can then make a choice, right? You can either stay there and say, okay, for 
an hour or two, I'm just going to have to be strong and do what I can, maybe remove myself from being directly around alcohol, whatever it is. Or you can leave, you know, like you said, that, that particular person decided to go to an AA meeting. Or you can mm-hmm. even decide you don't want to put yourself at risk like that. You don't want to get into that environment. And then maybe you just communicate that out if you want to do that. Um, so there's definitely choices in that situation, especially if you are um, an alcoholic where you know that certain things and events are going to trigger that. And if that's really a high priority for you, especially over the holidays, then you definitely have um, options and you just have to do what's right for you. Yeah, tricky, though, again, with with family and social pressure. You know, it's it's a tricky one. And what about See, that's why I love I love that we could ask Connor questions. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting because he's 17. So he's not uh, quite a full adult yet, but he's remembering the younger years. And he spoke very clearly because boys are trained from very, very early on how to be assertive, how to say things succinctly, how to not be consumed or controlled by what another Mm -hmm. person is feeling. I think that's a better word. It's not to say you shouldn't care about another person, um, but if you... If that is all you're doing at your own expense, you got a problem. And I didn't hear him say a thing about what that other person is feeling. So I think that we can learn a lot from that Mm -hmm. state of mind. It's a state of mind. It's just, well, I'm not. And he also said, you know, if the person is going to try and egg him on, you know, like, what are you going to do about it, Connor? Um, And, you know, also when people are drinking, maybe they get more emotional, uh, more volatile. He said he just would not let that person get to him. He's not going to let that person um, affect him in that way. He's already set a boundary. He's made decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, you make decisions beforehand. If you know you're going to be in an environment where maybe there's going to be some nasty exchange, or maybe you're not expecting it, but there still could be, um, you prepare yourself ahead of time and say, I am not going to be part of that exchange or maybe visualize ahead of time. How are you going to deal with it? And maybe use some of the ideas that we just learned from Connor uh, about his mindset, you know, just setting a boundary very quickly. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, Sharissa, I, I love your idea about sitting down and talking with somebody, uh, but there may not be the luxury of that kind of time, room, space, privacy, or any of that. And I like the idea of cutting to the chase, setting the boundary immediately, and just showing that person that, you know, this is, no, don't, no, you're yeah. not going to do that, period. <laughs> yeah, And like I said, you know? I mean, every situation is going to be different. You know these people better than, you know, better than anybody else. You know how what, how that plays out. And you know what's right for you. Some people may be more comfortable um, during, you know, taking it one way. But my only point there is that you just have to be prepared for what's going to come back to you, you know, in both those scenarios. So if you mm-hmm. do prefer to be more assertive, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because there's several ways to set your boundaries. If you do decide to be more assertive, just know, just be prepared for whatever is going to um, come your way. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. for sure. I and mean, I, I do love that, that point because, yes, there's several ways to do this several ways that you can um, do this without being, I mean, I think one of the big things is without being, um, you know, without being mean and nasty yourself and not getting into that conflict situation. So there's definitely ways to do it. Yeah. If you feel, this is the key. If you feel strong within yourself and resolved uh, within that strength, 
you don't have a reason to become defensive and offensive. Mm-hmm. You right. can just sim- simply state your case and let it be that, and that's it. Not not to make it about the other person at all. That's that's the key, you know. Yeah. So so, but the thing, what's interesting is now he also agreed. Connor agreed that this is how it is. You know, women are expected to do this and this and this. So he knows, he understands. Mm-hmm. But that's the, that's the conditioning. So and along with that conditioning uh, comes that expectation that no, you're a woman. You don't speak up. You don't get angry. You know, you know, or girls are taught from very early on, you don't get it. No, you don't. Or they're, if they are taught, they don't, they shouldn't be angry, should not be angry. You know, that's just, that's, that makes you feel like you, you don't have a right to that emotion. You don't have a right. It's a boundary. You know, if somebody, if somebody violates your boundary, you're going to be angry. You know, if somebody hits you or hurts you, the natural reaction yeah. is to feel violated and angry. So, and as a result of not being allowed to process anger in a healthy way, we don't have a clue if we were raised like that as females, we'd have a clue of how to take care of ourselves uh, succinctly in a situation that comes up, you know, because now we're going to mm-hmm. be feeling, we're going to be feeling hurt instead. Then that ends up becoming anger. Meanwhile, the opportunity is long gone to set the record straight with our set the boundary right there and then and there with that person. Yeah, and I think when it comes to anger, it's not so much about having permission because yeah, you you do need to acknowledge the fact that you have every right to feel whatever emotions you're feeling. The key there yes. is what you do as a result of that. That's the important thing. It's not about um, you know what emotions you're feeling at the time. And you, you absolutely you you have the right to be angry and frustrated and all of those things. But really, it's all about how do you react. Do you, when you're reacting as a result of that anger, is it in a way that's going to be in the best interest of you and the and the people around you? You have to honor yourself and your boundaries. And, of course, we all care about other people, right? All of us, men, women, all of us are the same. We don't want to intentionally hurt somebody else or put them down. And um, right. so we do yeah, – yeah, it's fine to be angry. But ask yourself, is it okay for me to react out of this place of anger, or do I need mm-hmm. to really manage my anger first before I, I do something about it? Right. And I, what was interesting, too, is that Connor – didn't say that he was angry. He didn't express anger. And my feeling is that for men, they don't, they can become angry, but a lot of times they don't waste, maybe don't waste their time with that emotion because they didn't take it personally. I'm not saying men can't take things personally, but women tend to take things inwardly more and take you know because they're so we're we're so concerned about what everybody thinks about us and that we got to make everything right and blah 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 but a guy is yeah. just like well you know it's too bad i you know i don't really i'm not that concerned if you don't like it that's okay with me it's okay it's not a reflection right. of who if you don't like my meal it doesn't mean i'm a bad person it doesn't mean i'm flawed but a woman will feel more tend to feel like, oh, there's something wrong with her if that person doesn't like the food. Yeah. 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 There's a big difference you know, the, there. 
There is, for sure. And I think the other thing we need to acknowledge also is that we are wired differently. You know, we don't need to be like a man in a situation. You know, it's okay to feel those emotions. It's okay to say, you know yes. what, that hurts. Okay. I am angry. And it's okay to express that, too. You don't have yeah. to be like, oh, I have to be like a man and just say, no, this is wrong and move on. Um, it's okay as a woman to experience that, to express that, and then to still set your boundaries from a different perspective, but still have those boundaries enforced. You don't have to be somebody else in order to set your boundaries. Okay, that's a really good point, too. So then another question, and this could be for a whole other show, too, is how do you break the conditioning from your past? Truly break it on a deep level. Do you have any exercises yeah. the person can do to do that? Well, yeah, that can go into so many different directions. That's a load of yeah. questions. That's what I'm saying. Um, but, it's another show. It's another show. Yeah. And in fact, you know, in my personal experience, the one thing that has been far more um, beneficial to me and has broke through. I, I've had so many breakthroughs as a result of this. And I'm not just saying this because yeah. that's my profession, but coaching uh, has by far given me a whole other perspective, a whole new life, a whole new way of dealing with these things. And I can honestly say to you, my stress levels are so far below what they used to be. Um, so sometimes it does take somebody else. It does take you reaching out to somebody else and saying, hey, this is something I need um, help with. Like maybe, you know, a professional, you may even have a close friend that you need. It just sometimes helps to even talk through some of these things and say, you know what, I struggle with this. Um, well, I don't even know how to process it. And just talk through it. Because a lot of times in just talking through it, we tend to solve our own problems, but we have to give ourselves a space to work through it. And everybody's different. Everyone has a different level of experiencing emotions and, and different things. So unfortunately, there's no easy answer to that question. But what I would say is, Ask yourself some empowering, just the, the short answer is um, start mm. by asking yourself some empowering questions. Start by mm. really taking the time to reflect on what's going on. So, for example, you can say to yourself, you know, why is it that I seem to constantly go into this cycle? What do I have to think? What do I have to believe for, mm. me, for me to get into the state on a consistent basis? Because if you're mm. constantly angry when you get in front of somebody or you're constantly frustrated with a certain thing, um, and then mm -hmm. you ask yourself, why do I keep, why do I feel the need to put myself in those situations? What can mm -hmm. I do differently so that I get a different outcome? You know, things mm -hmm. like that. The questions that will help you work through it on your own if you're not ready to reach out to someone. Uh, but I would highly encourage that. I think, and I did that too. That was my first step. But there was no way I would have been able to um, work through that as effectively and as quickly had I not had somebody else, had I not had a coach to help me through that. Yeah. So would you just give out your contact information one more time, Sharissa, so people can get in touch with you if they'd like to speak with you directly? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to Okay. Uh, my contact, okay. Um, not, well, my, my email address is info, I-N-F-O, at SharissaSebastian.com, and that's S-H-A-R-I-S-S-A-S-E-B-A-S-T-I-A-N, and my website is SharissaSebastian.com. Good. So if someone wanted to set up, let's say, coaching sessions with you, how do you do you offer those all over the phone as well as in person? That's a good question. So all of my coaching <laughs> is done over the phone just because I don't have any oh. geographical boundaries. So I can coach anyone um, you know, from anywhere around the world. So that just makes it a lot easier for both sides. So if you'd like to set up, I actually offer a, a free strategy session. So you have a you know, oh. free hour with me. So if you'd like nice. to take me up on that, Go to my website and um, and just go ahead and click on the the contact form, and you'll see there's there's a lot of uh, different options on the site, a lot of ways 
that you can get in touch with me. And so go ahead and do that, and I'll be more than happy to speak with you. And one of the things I'm, you know, I, I put a lot of attention on is I want to make sure that um, in that coaching relationship that we're both a good fit. So don't worry about me, you know, being salesy or trying to get you into coaching. It's not what I'm about. Um, if I don't feel like we're right. a good fit in that hour and I can't really help you, then I'll either refer mm-hmm. you to someone else uh, or I'll try to give you some resources um, to help. So, yeah, if you want to take me up on that, I'd love to speak with you. Yeah, and what are you I, What are you offering on February 20th, 2016? We have a few minutes left, so why don't you tell our listeners about that? The oh, Stop, sure, thank Smile, you. Breathe. Yeah, sure. Yes, so the February 20th is our next women's retreat, and it actually does fit in very well with what we were talking about. So the whole um, idea behind the retreat is to give women the opportunity to get out of the ordinary, to pamper themselves it's at a spa. Um, it's in the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the Dallas area or can get down here, I highly recommend you do that. The topic mm-hmm. for this retreat is on confidence. How do we step mm-hmm. into our confidence and find wow. our value and find our worth so we can really speak, you know, spe- speak our mind and, and stay within our mind from a place that's authentic and genuine and where we really value ourselves. So that's what the retreat is all about. And your website for that is StopSmileBreathe.com. That's StopSmileBreathe.com. Now you say for additional locations. So you're going to be doing this elsewhere? I am, yeah. We're actually working at the moment to try to figure out where we're going um, outside of the Dallas area. So if if one of our listeners or if we have listeners out there who would like Mm -hmm. us to bring this retreat to your city, please reach out to us to that website. Or you can even just contact me on my website. And let us know if you're interested or if you even have some friends that would like to um, attend an event maybe closer to where you are. And we'll definitely consider that. So is that just – is that a one-day event or how how many days is it? Oh, good question. Yes. For now, uh-huh. um, the format of the retreat is just one day. So if you do come to the Dallas area, what's included in that day is we have a half day where it's um, workshop-based. So we really work with you through all of those things. And then the rest of the day – is yours to enjoy at the spa. You have 24 hours of access to like this three-story spa with all kinds of saunas and pools and fun stuff. <laughs> so that's mm. how we structured it. And you also have here, it says, bring a friend and save, buy one, get one half off with code half off, all caps, half off. This is on Charissa's yeah, website. You. Yeah, sure. So um, thank you, Charissa. Sure. CharissaSebastian.com. Uh, you can, I, I assume you can also get there by going to StopSmileBreathe.com. Yes, either way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. And you have something yeah. on meetup doc, Meetup.com. It's DFW uh, hyphen women's hyphen meetup forward slash. So DF on Meetup.com, D, capital DFW dash. Mm-hmm women's dash meetup so they can find you that way too yeah and if you go to meetup.com and just do a search for dfw women um, or women's meetup you'll find us there too and what that is is we meet monthly so it's a group that meets monthly um, at a local restaurant here and it's completely free of charge you just you know come in and 
get your dinner at the restaurant. But um, what the purpose of that meetup is to get women together where we can come together in a you know, like-minded community and help each other out through some of the things that we struggle with. And it's me and another um, certified life coach that hosts these uh, monthly meetings. And so we really have a passion and desire to help women. And we didn't, you know, we didn't want um, to have that at any cost. So that is completely free. If you're in the Dallas area, definitely come join us. It's once a, once a month and it's in the evening. So if you, if you work full time, you can come have dinner with us and um, chat about some of the, the topics that we discussed there. So can people, can uh, women bring their kids if they need to or baby? Well, what we usually do is if you have a newborn, uh, so, you know, like a, a baby in a, in a carrier or, or something like that, you can bring them um, with you. Uh, we typically don't have children at those events just because we do discuss some pretty tough topics and things like that. And also women feel more comfortable uh, just having to, you know, being by themselves away from um, the kids and things like that. But if you do have a baby, like if you're a newborn and you have to bring the baby, that's absolutely fine. Okay. So again, it's uh, D, the letter, like David, Frank, uh, women, DFW. So you go to meetup.com forward slash DFW dash, uh, like a little hyphen, women's, that's plural, women's dash Mm -hmm. meetup, and you will find Sharissa there to uh, try these meetings out in Dallas. Um, so in different areas of Dallas, Texas, anywhere in particular, any particular region of Dallas that you're doing these meetings? Yes. Right now we're in Plano, which is North Dallas. Okay. North Dallas. Now, is that where you're located? I am. Yes. I live in Plano. Oh, okay. All right. Good. All right. So um, were there anything, any other thoughts? Because we've got about three minutes left. We've filled up the two hours very nicely here, I think. <laughs> I know. Well, just uh, I guess a, a closing thought. Um, it's just I just want everyone to, you know, have a, a wonderful, wonderful um, Thanksgiving and try your best to have an outcome of, you know, joy and excitement and uh, and all of that with everything you do as you go into the holiday season. The other thing I wanted to just mention is that when we let go of some of those those emotions and, you know, the stress and everything that we uh, hold on to, that can really transform our health. I mean, our physical uh, or your physical oh, yeah. and your emotional well-being are too yes. important for you to put up with all of the stress that comes with the holiday season. So please, please, please wow. take care of yourself. Take my mouth to do something for yourself that's going to release that, that stress and go into the holiday season with the, you know, the, the outcome of I'm going to make this fun and it's going to be enjoyable for me and everyone around me. Yeah, thank I love you, that. I, yeah, thank you, Sharissa. I, I, I love that because taking care of your stress levels is number one for your overall health. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could talk about that in an upcoming show. And if anybody wants to contact me, please reach out to me at Lisa at talkboxradio.com I'd love to hear from you or you can go directly to my website talkboxradio.com sign up for updates and you'll learn about upcoming shows and see when I hear from Sharissa again take care Sharissa thank you so much and thank you uh, for our callers and listeners and we'll talk to you again soon take care have a wonderful Thanksgiving you too you too bye bye your mama said don't talk back but this ain't your mama's podcast this is what's your problem the show that listens to you then talks back with your host lisa Earhart.
Take care, everybody.